0: Hello, friends, and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. And I'm afraid, friends, for the first time this season, it is a Blue Monday podcast. Props to the boys from Blue Monday, Rich, etc. Because for the first time this season, Town have lost. We've got that losing feeling. They lost on TV, TV curse, etc. At Plymouth yesterday, two-one, and we're here to break that down this morning. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm joined by three of my fellow Kings today, and I'm going to start today. With a man I've often referred to as a prospect, the beard, the prodigy, because soon we may be calling him award winner. Ross Halls, not only are you part of this podcast, which has been shortlisted for EFL podcast of the year in the Football Content Awards, very deservedly, clearly. You've also, even more excitedly, been recognised among the list for the best creators in women's football at that very same awards. And hopefully we will see you lift that award like John Terry on that night. Um, How are you and how are you feeling about potentially lifting the first gong of your sure-to-be-illustrious career?
1: Um, I'm fine, thank you. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Someone who nominated me, I didn't even know it was a thing until I got a message from the awards place. Um, Yeah, it's it's nice to be, you know, nominated for an award for stuff I do, definitely in women's football because, you know, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, just still um, getting over the Plymouth trip. But um, yeah, we'll get right stuck in deep, won't we?
0: So to speak. Yes. Yep. Um, next up is a man who, although Town lost yesterday, he was very much a winner because celebrating with his partner in crime in the press box when Ginoi Danasian had a confirmed whiff of a goal, thus returning major money at thirty-three to one. Again, Heath bookmakers taking a kicking. Andy, the Hutchman, Hutch Hogan, Warren. How are you?
2: I mean, Heath bookmakers have done all right out out of me this weekend. I have at, I have lost money. Um, over, o- overall, but um, a Janoian whiff, which we may as well talk about straight away. Um, mm-hmm. n- now you've mentioned it, did bring a really big cheer from the press box. Stuart Watson, <laughs> quite quiet at that time because r- remember we're sat amongst the home sat amongst the home fans always in the, in mm. in press boxes uh, that. Is a whiff? It's definitely a whiff. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was brilliant.
0: One of the, one of the best, one of the best, uh, best moments of the season so far for me. Amazing. I was, um, I was actually upstairs at the time because I was, obviously I had the game on downstairs, and I came up upstairs at halftime to do a bit of work uh, while the halftime was on, and then I got you tagged me in to say definite whiff, didn't you? So I then had to run downstairs, rewind the game to confirm the whiff, and it was certainly a whiff. Um, Stuart, you've come as a sailor today. I can only assume because you spent some time on the coast. You've got a nice nautical theme top on. Um, how excited were you? Take us into that press box. Sorry, Benson's barking. I'll go mute.
3: Uh, yeah, in my mind, I stood up at that moment. I'm not sure I did, but that's that's how I felt. There was definitely an excited jabbing of the finger. And as Andy says, that that's a whiff confirmed. No panel required. I was getting some very uh, bemused (laughs) looks from the Plymouth fans in front of me. The, um, yeah, the the most excited wasn't the most excited we got all day because something more exciting happened in stoppage time. But yeah, they was uh, very confused as to why we were getting so uh, animated about a a shot being blocked in the box.
0: It was also unbelievable the amount of people on Twitter tagging Koa and Andy in when that happened. It clearly got behind the whiff. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and enjoyed it and celebrated at home as much as as much as a goal by the sound of it um so that returned what did you put on that Hutchie was it 25 grand at 33 30 to um, one? yeah okay yeah. well We'll deal with many. I, I think
2: I think it might even have been more than that actually. Was it 50? Um, was it I think it might have been? I'll get my little spreadsheet up in a minute when we when we get to that later. But um five bags at 33. Tomorrow. I like the
3: idea that a real life bookmakers would be like, What what was it? 30, 50, <laughs> let's just call it 50. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Thank you very much, Mr. Labrooks That's very generous of you.
0: <laughs> right then, friends. Obviously, we have to now talk about the game. Um, yesterday, because uh basically you were you were sprinting to make a, a packed commuter train back from Plymouth. Andy and Stu you did not have time to do your Andy and Stu reacts and the people have demanded it I've had messages saying we need this so I thought by way of starting the pod today talking about the game we could we could do that now so if you can shake it off get your mind into the you're back at home park minutes after the game's finished um and you boys are gonna have a little chat about the game so when you're ready (laughs) take it away Okay, Andy Warren, Stuart Watson
2: here at home. Park, uh, well, Ipswich Town's first defeat of the season has, has come. It, it was always going to come at some point, Stu. But for the second week in a row, a lead has been lost, and it's uh, to, to end up losing a game like that is uh, is far from ideal.
3: Yeah, mixed feelings on this one, Andy. Much like Sheffield went, I can't do this. this no, is I can't weird. do this. This is weird. It feels like yeah. acting. It doesn't feel it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel right. natural. Oh, um, can I just idea. talk and it and it will sound like the video. Uh, mixed mix feelings on that one because um a bit like Sheffield Wednesday. I'm not I think i feel differently about it in time because it was a really look, it was a really entertaining game. That's the first thing I want to say about this. Um, I haven't enjoyed watching result aside, I haven't enjoyed watching a football match like that for a long, long time. I thought it was two teams trying to play good football, going toe-to-toe with the same formation, tackles flying in, really competitive edge to it. Um <clears throat> Dramatic finish as well with Christian Walton, which we'll get on to. Um, really good football match. It's just desperately disappointing that Ipswich have uh, come out losers in a fine margins affair. Mm.
2: Are we doing this? Is this? Oh, I don't know what we're doing now. I've been just thrown. Keep on, um, just keep on rolling. Just, just keep on talking. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really a really good game. Um, to be one at one nil up at half time. Um, having I, I would probably say just been edged out in the first half by Plymouth. Uh, but to be one nil up at half time, you really, you really want to see Ipswich come out and can control the game from that point. They've got themselves in a position to control it, and I. I I always get incredibly frustrated when when goals are scored from the positions that those two goals were scored from. Um, there was a, a previous version of Ipswich, one of Mick McCarthy's sort of incarnations of Ipswich Town, where it had a real issue with conceding goals from kind of swept home from the edge from the edge of the box, and they've that kind of goal really frustrates me. I don't know what it is in particular about it. It's it, it's it's one that's that that really gets me. And so to concede two of them, um, in quick succession like that and just be rocked really was really disappointing. And and then also from that point on, um, that felt like the game was done from, from the, the second. I don't think they recovered very well from the second going in. And the, the kind of the only reason we're really talking about, they could have rescued a draw was because of the goalkeeper going up at the end and nearly scoring a goal. Um, didn't didn't feel like there was a way back into into that game from that point. So it's re- so a really disappointing, but but a really good game of football which Ipswich played their part in. Um, and there's all kinds of takes you can extrapolate from this game. You can come, you can think about it positively if you want. You can be cr- stu- super negative about it. Um, there's a good mix of uh, a good mix
0: of responses that you can take from it. So uh, that's what football's about. Rossi, let's get your response. You were pitch side as ever. It was a brilliant game of football, like Stu says. I mean, yep. clearly, it would, you, I'm sure you enjoyed it more actually being there in person. But on TV, it was fantastic. It was one of the best games I've watched for a long time. Um, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, tackles, you know, flying in, <laughs> shots. You know, we'll talk about what happened at the end as well. That would been an amazing end to the game if that went in. Um, but, you know, good atmosphere as well, home park. You know, we, we we knew going into the game, you know, they're unbeaten there. They haven't conceded there. And, um, you know, I'm, talk, I'm sure we'll talk about Dappo scoring his first league goal, which we're saying now anyway. But uh, it was good to see him score and taking the lead. Um, but no, really entertaining game. And as Stu said, it's been a while where we've actually really enjoyed a game, you know, end-to-end stuff. Hmm. Um, but no, very good game.
0: let's let's start with the team. Because obviously one of the, the big questions around this game was who was going to replace Wes Burns on the right. Um, a lot of people seem to want KVY in the end. It was Caden Jackson that I think you predicted on, on last week's pod. What, what did you make of, of Caden's game? Because I, I was quite impressed with him, um, particularly early on. And then I think one of my main criticisms around the game was, was when he got shifted to playing up top and, and the Dapo came off. What, what did you make of, of the team and, and how Caden, etc. performed?
3: It's risk versus reward, him playing in that. Loosely termed right wing back role. Um, going forwards, he gives he gives you obviously the the pacey outlet to 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 get in behind. Um, defensively, I thought he left gaps, and that was uh, exacerbated by the fact that he was directly up against Plymouth's most threatening player in Bali Mumba, hmm. the Norwich Loney, who I was very impressed with. That was a, that was a good little jewel in the first half jackson kind of got away from him once muscled away from him and flashed across through the box so that was the that was the reward and then there were times where jackson left massive holes in behind that plymouth um had some really slick interplay in in the final third and they were exploiting those spaces generally down ipswich's right hand side so i was looking at it and ultimately i was coming to the conclusion as that first half came to the end that the risk probably outweighed the reward of of Caden Caden being on that side. And then, as you say, the substitutions are worthy of of a discussion here. We spent all season talking about the depth of Ipswich's squad, about how the five-substitution rule um, benefits Ipswich, about how they can change games. Probably for the first time, this was where the substitutions actually weakened them or went against them a little bit. Um, Mark came along, double substitution, um, Ladapo came off John Jules came on that saw Jackson go as the central striker I guess at that stage the logic would have been with Plymouth having to chase an equaliser they're going to leave gaps at the back and um, Jackson's pace might give them something to think about and they can't, they, they might have to drop a little bit deeper just just to think about that but what they lost was was someone that can just make the ball stick and relieve a bit of pressure um, which just meant the ball kept coming back, and in and Plymouth, by contrast, had someone like Nile Ennis who could make the ball stick, they could bring on Cosgrove. Um, and yeah, and as Andy says, that it just felt like the game was going in a certain direction of travel. Um, certainly once the equaliser went in, then you know, the old cliche about goals change games, the whole momentum, the whole feel of the stadium mm. changed. Um, Home Park's a great place to watch football. There's only, I say, only 15,000 people in there, but it sounded a lot louder because all four sides of the ground were kind of working in unison, and that felt like a proper football match, both atmosphere and everything that we've discussed on it. And um, just like at Hillsborough, once one goal went in, momentum changes, and that, that's very difficult to uh, mm. to stop.
2: If we're talking about the subs, it's, it's probably worth noting the, the final kick before those subs got made as well with Marcus Harness. That's the kind of chance that Marcus Harness has buried this season, isn't it? Shifting mm-hmm. the ball out from under under his feet and um, and getting a, a shot off this time wide. Uh, I've not seen a replay of that. It looked quite close. You, you might know better with that one, But Yeah, it was. But um, it, looked, it looked like it was close, but, but you've got to hit the target from there. That was his last touch. Uh, the game. I, I didn't think he had a, a great game at all. But no, if, if, if... sorry.
3: And the risk versus reward thing with Jackson. It's the same with Harness as well. I think the the risk of Harness is that he gives the ball away quite a lot. He's quite. He's not. He's not a possession player really. He's kind of off the cuff and he can do things. But the reward with him is that he's a great finisher and he's you know he's someone who can a bit like Chaplin. You, you you back him in the box to score. And then he got that chance, as Andy says, and he didn't he didn't take it
2: and if that goes in that's that's 2-0 two, two is so different isn't it i know obviously mm. they let they let a two goal slip two goal lead slip a week ago so it it doesn't it doesn't doesn't lock the game up two 2-0 two is a dangerous scoreline but uh as we know but um 2-0 up is very different at at that stage of the game than the being 1-0 up and obviously it's ended up in a ended up in very quickly being being reversed
0: mm. what did you make of that that particularly that change andy because Obviously, Ledapo got his first goal. It was it kind of apt the way he got the goal, with it ricocheting back off a defender, then off his shin over the keeper into the net. And he'd had a couple of, obviously, decent chances before that, which he'd squandered. But like Freddie does, he'd been working really hard, creating that outlet. And then I, I felt, once he... A, I was surprised they took him off at 59 minutes. I thought, interesting. And then, obviously, the changes, I was thinking, well, what, how, what's going to happen now? And then KJ goes up front. Uh, yeah. And it just felt to me like they lost... Masses amounts of, of momentum and a real foothold in the game from that point. Yeah, on.
2: just they just lost lost cont- lost control in that area of the pitch, and and that like Stu's kind of said already that you lose control in one area of the pitch, another one gets stretched as a result, and it, and it all kind mm. of snowballs snowballs from there, doesn't it? it? It it didn't it didn't feel like they had the right players on the pitch to come from behind once they were behind. Um, yeah. which obviously they didn't make those changes didn't come. While they were behind, they weren't designed to be then trying to come from behind. uh, But that's exactly what they had to do. And by that point, they didn't have the right players on the pitch. Do you know
3: who I think these last two games has made me realise who they've really missed? Is Shawnee Aluko, who is the perfect player to bring on and just settle Mm. things down when you're in MVP, mate. MVP. Yeah, yeah. They've missed him because they haven't got anyone like that in the final third now who's a... You know, pure possession player that can take the ball in a in a tight spot and just keep keep the ball and calm things down and settle it down when the mm. crowd are getting loud and it's all getting frenetic. Um that, that, that I think they've missed his very unique skill set in, in the final third.
0: Mm. What about the performance as a whole, Ross? Uh obviously I watched game day after the game. A lot of the guys you're speaking to said they didn't really feel like town were at it. Um and for me, they struggled to get a hold of the game in the midfield. Morsey and Evans um, never really kind of got a, made a stamp on the game. Morsey did kind of stamp on <laughs> one of Plymouth's players. He was probably lucky to, to stay on the pitch. But as a performance overall, compared to what we've seen, what did you make of it?
1: I thought, I thought we started the game brightly. You know, I think we're better team, you know, in the first mm-hmm. half and a little bit in the, period in the second half. Um, Plymouth were a good side. I thought Plymouth were really good. Um, some really standout players. Randall yeah. was a standout player. And, of course, their two goals, you know, the second goal was an absolute bullet, weren't it? Um, but no, just I felt we were just a bit slow. You know, some players maybe just didn't have their better games. You know, Janoi you know, he's normally a, you know fantastic. I just didn't think he had a great game, some sloppy passes here and there. Um, but just, yeah, it's one of those things where we come to these grounds you know, atmosphere on top of us, you know, live on Sky. Were we going to say it? You know, I know it's not a thing, but it is a thing. The Sky Curse and all that sort of stuff. I know we don't really want to read into it a bit much, but when we come to these big games, top team in this division, you know, I'm beating the league on Sky, which is, I don't know, the team sometimes, I wouldn't say they didn't turn up because I thought they played well, okay, in the first half, but I don't know, sometimes the pressure sort of mounts on the team. And, uh, and yeah, that's what happened. But, Overall, you know, I don't think we, you know, I think there's a mixture, I think, with town fans. Some of them will go, oh, yeah, of course it happens. You know, play a team in the top half, can't beat him on Sky. Um, I did not think we played badly. I think we just worked at it all over the
0: pitch, you know, in periods. Hmm. How about the first goal, Stewie? There was a question around Connor Chaplin. Was he fouled? Was he not? Um, I'd have to say from the replay, it was not a foul. <laughs> But no. no, Andy's shaking his head as yeah.
3: well. I think we we both felt that in real time, that it was a bit um, hopeful, that, that appeal. And I haven't seen it back loads of times. I think I saw one brief replay at the time, but it was like he was trying to throw himself mm. into the defender to get himself out of a bit of a, a pickle. He'd got himself sort of slightly out of position. So I know Kira McKenna was talking about, we thought it was a foul. Like, not, not
0: for me. Hutchie, mm. the game as a whole... We know Town like to dominate possession and they've got the, the depth of squad to be able to go full bore and then make changes at 60 minutes. And that's generally we've seen going to be enough in this in this league so far this season anyway. But now they're coming up against sides that maybe can do that with them for the full 90 and more. Um, was it just a sign of maybe Town aren't going to have things their own way when they when they come up against... The better teams. Well, in this no, league?
2: yeah, they're def- they're definitely not going to have it all their own way. Ply- Plymouth are a really, really good team, mm. really good. But like, they 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 some of the performances in there were really top performances from from Plymouth yesterday. Their their back three works really nicely. They've kind of got the wing back thing. Um, Going really nicely and have been doing it for a long time. Morgan Whittaker, I thought, was exceptional yesterday. Mm. S- s- such a good little player. Um, and then, as Stu's already mentioned earlier, they had a, a sort of a depth of depth of striker there to be able to do the same thing that the same thing that Ipswich do. Um, Ipswich are a really good side. They've got some really good players. Um, but but you, you 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 you're not just going to turn up to these games and and have it have it all your own way it feels to me like the kind of the power packed bench thing isn't isn't quite the same as it has been in 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 recent weeks and i guess when you when you've already started a game where you've kind of shunted a a striker out to play right wing or right Mm. wing back he's then not a bench option um a as Stu said was is quite a bespoke bench option that's not there for you greg lee we will talk about in a bit more depth i'm sure is a a, a it's a the left side is quite a, quite, a, quite a unique thing i think having the having the two players that to work in proper combo that that is not something that you've ever been able to do before without five substitutes to have, to be able to plan to use two different left wing backs to get you through games and that's mm. not there for them anymore so for all the benefits of kind of a we've talked about a kind of a first team emerging for town at the moment, for all the benefits of that, that means that some players are separating themselves from the rest and that the ones coming on aren't necessarily going to be adding that power pack, power pack punch from the, from the bench anymore. It feels it's not quite, not quite happening as it was in the first few weeks to me.
3: For the first time I looked at the two benches and thought arguably they had stronger options off the bench. They had Sam Cosgrove, Birmingham, Bloney, Connor Grant had just, just working his way back from injury. He was amongst the bench. Ryan Hardy, their top goal scorer from last season. Jordan Houghton, former MK Dons. And I looked at that and I thought, yeah, as much as the two elevens, I looked at the two 18s and thought, yeah, we've got a game game on our hands here. And um, Plymouth have got something going there with uh, with Stephen Schumacher in the same way Ipswich have. We've mentioned several players. Nigel Lomwick, he's only 19. The big Dutch centre half on on loan, the Van Dyke lookalike. He was, he was dis- he was decent, wasn't he? Um, they're they're going to be up there, Plymouth, no doubt about it. Um, but it just look we'll probably come onto the bigger picture stuff in a second. It just adds to these little nagging doubts. I think I wrote in a preview to the Sheffield Wednesday game that I think every Ipswich fan has got this little devil on one shoulder that just keeps whispering about oh, it's Ipswich, you know there's always a false dawn. There's always a disappointment around the corner. Don't let yourself get too excited as much as all the evidence tells us that things are far better under the new ownership and Ashton mm. and McKenna and the style of football, everything. Again, it's this, the the TV thing and this more importantly, the, the record against the better sides in this division is, is a, is a, it's a nagging doubt in, in the mind. Um, it's four four teams that Ipswich have played currently in the top six now and haven't beaten them this season. so that's um, the, the record is, is not great there. And until it's, it's down to Ipswich, I'm not gonna we talk, I think we had a question on a previous pod about what do you say to the to the doom mongers and the people that jump on any negativity? I'm not gonna as Andy said, we're not here to tell people how to feel. I get it. I get why the cynicism and the, the pessimism is there. and it's up to Ipswich to prove now that they you know it's up to them to answer those those questions and um saturday's a prime opportunity again to uh to do that
0: um before we get with let's maybe finish the kind of game chat with that question but before we get there let's let's do the kind of the two remaining incidents which of note in the game rossi to speak about it was the second goal Edmondson makes a Rick and then obviously the Walton almost writing a fairy tale um what did you make of him in order
1: yeah, it was a good finish so on it it's good finish um it was yeah a good finish um, <laughs> MS1, yeah, yeah. Good finish. um but yeah fridge oh dear yeah at, at the time i didn't i didn't really i probably weren't really what i was watching but you know what i mean i was i was sort of just looking at something, editing photo or whatever and i looked up and i just saw their player it was a winner it? who got, who got mm. the second goal it just absolutely yeah but yeah not 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 the stage you want to be making mistakes really. Um live on TV, promotion rivals, you know, and then two one. And then yeah, Walton, I'll let I'll let Andy and Stu talk talk about more in depth because um, you know, we want to be there, won't we? When a goalkeeper scores, late equalizer live on TV, and if that went in, oh my God, it would have been amazing. Um but yeah, so close, Christian. So close. You know, against the team boyhood fan, you know, it got it was did press with the guys before the game. Uh, that that was that was not going to be a question you're going to ask. So he's like, "Cross, you yeah, Christian, what have you scored today?" But um, yeah, still an only takeaway, my friends.
0: It's sport. The brilliant thing about sport is it writes stories that if they were in like films or in books, you'd say that's ridiculous. That would never happen. But then trotting up at the end of the game, the commentator giving his due, set it up lovely as he's trotting up the pitch, talking about boyhood. Plymouth fan, imagine if he gets on the end of this. And then sure enough, he does. And it looks for all the world like it's going in. I still don't know if it was a save or whether it just hit the bar. I've seen some pictures of fans saying it crossed the line. Um, <laughs> but what a moment, boys.
2: Yeah. Goalkeepers don't even get their head on these corners no. normally, do they? They come, they come up and the corner doesn't hit, doesn't beat the first man. And, mm. it's, uh... and the best you're going to get is a keeper having to scramble back to get back into position but it was brilliant header really mm-hmm. really good header right for the top corner I think I think it I think it hit the kind of hit the bar and then Cooper clawed it away as it was going to come mm. as it was good before it was going to come down so he kind of clawed it to safety I I thought but it was, it was hard to tell wasn't it but um yeah I I, I fear that is probably as close as I'll get to to seeing a goalkeeper
0: score a goal Siri, what did you make of it? Were you up in the press box? Were you... it was up, was... yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible oh, yeah. not to.
3: We talk about sort of press press box etiquette. Yeah. And um there'd been some questionable behavior from Plymouth fans sort of near the near the press box. A guy a few rows down in front of Brenner Woolley and, and Phil Ham um were turning around and punching things um when when key moments in the game happened. So good knows what goodness knows what he would have done had that gone in. But um it's just You could not stand up at that moment. You know, if you believe in thoughts become things, it was almost like I think everyone in that ground as Walton went up would have had those thoughts in their mind. And Andy and I turned to each other and went, it's Walton. And then it dawns on you, it's Walton, it's former club. It's 94 and 44 seconds with five minutes added on. And maybe collectively the whole ground kind of thought about it. And, you know, it's... um. And then it just goes slow motion, doesn't it? The ball's arcing towards him and you're kind of thinking, no, no way. And that was prime Duncan Ferguson, that header. That was (laughs) unbelievable. Um, And that would have made, i tell you what, that would have made a completely different complexion on everything we're talking about here and the the journey home for those Ipswich fans who we have to talk about, absolutely magnificent. I know there's a lot of Ipswich fans spread out and some some would have been down in the Southwest, but two coaches... Leaving Portman Road at three thirty in the morning for a game that was on TV—unbelievable! One thousand plus supporters there, and um, I'm just gutted, gutted for them really that they didn't—they didn't get that moment because that would have been uh, ten plus years covering Ipswich. We talk about Noel Hunt and Richard Chaplow. I mean, that would—I think—even though it would have only been a draw, I think that would have probably surpassed them all if you'd have yeah. seen your goalkeeper bullet in a header in, in stoppage time. It's he knew—he
2: knew it as well. He knew how that that will never happen for him again, almost certainly. Because the, the head, head in hands, he knew how it, he might get his head on another corner, but he's never going to do it in stoppage time away at Plymouth, mm. um, in front of all of his friends and family at his boyhood club. That's never going to happen for him again, and he he knew just how close he was to something incredible.
0: It, it, as you say, you, it was in slow motion because when a keeper comes up, it never goes anywhere near them, does it? Generally, and then as the ball come in, and you could see he's gonna it's going to land on Walton, this. And then, it, oh, it's going, oh, good Lord. Fantastic. And Schumacher, as you say, talking about the fans afterwards, um, actually made made a point of, of paying tribute to town fans. It was tremendous effort. Um, boys, by way of rounding this up, this chat, let's return to what Stu touched on earlier. Ipswich Town, their Achilles heel for as long as I can bloody remember is their inability to beat the, the team's, their rivals, the top teams in the league around them. This season, they've drawn with Bolton. They've drawn at Sheffield Wednesday, having been 2-0 up. And now they've lost at Plymouth, having been 1-0 up. So how worried, Andy, should we be about this? Because this is going to continue to be a narrative until they prove they can do it consistently.
2: They need to get it right. You can't have it. With... They've proven proven time and again that you can't you can't go through a season not winning those games and expect to be to be right in the mix i think i think i might say 15 of the 21 points have come against teams that are in the in the bottom half and 12 of them are against the bottom seven so that they are facts um, but i'm 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 not as i'm not as worried about this as i have been in previous seasons certainly certainly not but it it has to change because you can't go through a season kind of bumbling your way through um, picking up the odd draw against the top, top eight, top 10 and expect to be there. you could, they, They've proven that you can't, you can't do that. The formula doesn't add up. So it has to change, but it's not. It. In terms of like the worry, the worried scale, I'm not, Hmm. I'm not massively, massively. If you go
3: through those four games now that they've played that we've talked about, it was Bolton on the opening day when Morsi has a huge chance to win it at the end, so could easily have won that. Barnsley with a shocking goal that wasn't, so could could easily have won that game. Um Sheffield two nil went up. 2 0 up at Sheffield Wednesday and then and the weekend, which you know was was a fantastic game of football that could have gone either way. Could have been any scoreline. That could have been 5-5. Five, five. Could have been anything in between. Um, people will say ifs, buts and maybes. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Ultimately, they haven't won any of those games. But for me, they've, they're properly competing in these games, which in, in the past, there are times where I think they've looked close, but so far in these sort of matches. So I, th- I think... They're better in these matches and, and they're small, incremental bits of progress from Ipswich Town. You, you have to keep reminding yourself that McKenna's been here for nine months. You have to keep reminding yourself that that Charlton away day with Toto Enciala confronting the fans and how toxic all that was, was December last year. And you have to remind yourself quite how far they've come. There were other things to fix first in terms of, you know, going to Accrington and winning, being able to beat teams like Burton, being able to beat, um, you know, see off some some of the lesser sides. there were issues that Ipswich still had only a few months ago and they have improved on that and now the next hurdle is to start winning some of these fine margin games against the the better sides. Maybe, Maybe these last couple of games is not a bad thing in that it's a reality check for people but, you know, it will keep the players nice and humble. I know McKenna does that, but sometimes just that will just keep keep them their feet on the ground, and it keeps us and all supporters' feet on the ground. I think people were getting a little bit carried away about how long they'd go and beat them for, and I wouldn't take a single player from any other squad in this division, and you know all of that sort of stuff. It's just just reminds everybody that this is very much a, a work in progress still, and you know ho- hopefully that that progress will will keep keep happening over over the few months ahead. and
2: Yeah, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, don't they? For, for me, anyway, you have to remember they finished 11th last season. They're nine nine places above that. They were ten through 10 games last season. I think they had 10 points. They've got 21 now. And if you go through them game for game, you can make an argument. They've got 15, I think it was 15 points I worked out that they didn't get before. So be happy with the progress. Um, but it's no it's certainly not it's certainly not a bad thing to kind of just just remind yourself that there's still more still more to be done because they're trying to move an awful long way in this league one table, the Ips which haven't even been close to challenging for promotion from this league in three years. Mm. Um, I think they've got a team that is gonna
0: be close to challenging for promotion, but they've got a big thing they need to sort out. How did you put it, Stu In your stew, says they've already shown that they're they're going to be top six contenders. Now they need to show that they're top two material, essentially, yeah. wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think Andy's right. I'd be happy with the progress, um, but also it's not wrong to want some more now. And and the club have set themselves very high bars from ownership down. Um, they have made very clear what what their aim is, and that is that is promotion and promotion now, not not in next year, not in the year after. They want promotion now, and so. You know, I think they would want us to kind of just p- apply that gentle bit of pressure to say, "Come on, you know, you've come a long way, but you know, keep going." Now you got, now you got to improve again, and and um, the players will want that. Um, I I said quite early on, didn't I, that I guarantee they're a top six team. I, I honestly, from what I've seen from ten games in, the whole table starts to take shape. I think we are starting to see a table take shape now, and I think Ipswich. I think I think they are. I've seen nothing to dissuade me otherwise that they'll be anything but a top six team. But when maybe, uh, you know, whether they're top two contenders, there's a few questions to,
0: to be answered on that one still, I'd say.
3: Hmm.
0: Rossi, anything else to, to add before we move on from the game? Anything else you want to mention around either the uh, failure to beat a top side or anything else from the, from the match? Um, I, I also just
1: want to say, you know, a big shout out to the Southwest branch um, because they all came up to me before the game, just having a nice little chinwag. Good old John, um, Steve, and, and all those great guys. But yeah, a thousand plus town fans going all the way to Plymouth. It's a long trip, you know. Live on the TV, you could have just been on your sofa and watched it at home if you really wanted to. But um, you know, some fans they just go across the country to support their football club. And yeah, I I, I echo what Stu said about you know if that Walton. Goal no, It would only be a draw, but you would just remember that forever because that would have been a moment where you can say, yeah. It's like the Col Goose moment when he scored his first goal for town after the many games. You got you can say, yeah, I was there when Christian Walton scored. Um, but you know what? Plymouth, it was a nice weekend, weren't it, boys? It was a long weekend, but um, we had a good time, didn't we, in Plymouth? You know, we had a nice little meal when we got arrived. Nice train journey, nice little views. Um <laughs> But sadly, we just couldn't win on TV once again and we couldn't beat a top team. But, you know, a lot of positives coming out of this one still.
0: If you want to see Ross Hall's name being chanted, by the way, um, go and watch game day because a group of fans are, I think they're chanting there's only one Rossi Halls, aren't they? Or something to that effect, um, yeah. which I'm assuming you didn't ask them to do, Ross. That doesn't strike no. me as something you would do. So it, it became quite organic, which is great. So go and watch that. Sorry, you I cut you off there. What were you going to say?
3: that's uh, no, all right. Russell, we had a nice little train journey. I was less keen on the one home. Yeah, it was like yeah. we, were, we were packed in and there was a baby crying and a, a teenager coughing and spluttering all over everybody. And, um, <laughs> yeah, randomly had Gary Rowett, the Millwall manager, sat two two rows in front of us on, on the train as well. We're not sure if he'd actually been to the Plymouth game or if he just, we think he was just coming back from a nice little family trip with his down to the southwest on a, on international break weekend, but he so... was definitely
2: he watched football the whole way the whole way back on his laptop. Um, there he watched two Blackburn games. They're playing back Blackburn next week, and then finished
0: by watching some Bundesliga. If you are him, there we go. Babies or indeed children of a young age on trains, planes, and automobiles. I have very strong views on. Probably best not to touch on this at this point. No, please in- do. No, no, no. <laughs> in, in terms of boys on the road rossi's touched on it there i want i want tales from the road hutchy it was a saturday night so i assume you'd already pre-downloaded naked attraction for your bath um how was how was the hotel what did the boys get up to on tour what yeah what what a, what a weekend it was um <laughs>
2: had some dinner and went to bed that's all i can that's all that's all that's all i can give you. Um. The bath was very small, but I was I felt blessed to have one because Stu didn't have a bath in his room. No bath,
0: Watson. Did they not? Uh,
3: uh, our hotel had um, just to give you an idea of where where we were staying. Uh, our hotel had a security guard um, just to deal with with the drunken rabble that were coming in at, at all hours of the morning. Um, Sunday, I didn't have a very good night's sleep. I was I was I was fearful that the Ipswich boys would... Who were in a hotel just a, just a few hundred yards up the road? The, the town players might have uh, might have been disturbed in their sleep.
0: Did you find any time either there or on the way there or on the way back to uh, plunk yourself down on a massage chair? You no, know? I mean that would have made it
3: all fine if that, that train <laughs> journey. I was just uh, got a nice little massage chair and um, made all my troubles go away. But no, that
0: will have to wait for Morecambe, I think. We still need this video people have uh, people have been asking for it and people enjoyed that chat right then let's draw a line on the Plymouth and everything that happened there. We do have to discuss because before we um, between now and the last time we spoke there's been quite a major bit of injury news um Greg Lee, who we thought would be away on international duty with Jamaica, has unfortunately suffered a compression fracture to his leg which when I first saw that news I immediately thought, what how?" But of course, it's a compound fracture when the bone comes out of the leg. A compression fracture is something entirely different. Because um, I was struggling to see how they could not notice that he broken his <laughs> leg. <laughs> his <laughs> bone boys, was sticking out. Exactly. He's just that hard. Um, La- lads, I've
2: just, I've just, I've just noticed, <laughs> just noticed this. I can't get my my trousers back on. It's
0: <laughs> it really, really stings as well. This is um, normal. Yeah, yeah. Rossi, we know he's your boy. I haven't given him a nickname, so I can't be blamed in this case. Um, how much of a loss is Greg Lee? He's not been a uh, nailed-on star. Clearly, Lee Davis has been playing in that role, but he has generally been coming off the bench and uh, is part of that massive upgrade on the left-hand side. So how much of a blow is losing Greg Lee for what we can only imagine is going to be quite a long period of time?
1: Yeah, big blow. Big, big blow. Greg Lee, the boy. Um, yeah, he's, done, he's been fantastic. Only when he come off the bench, he brings that presence. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a big blow. Uh, what, what do you like that boys? It's just the Greg, way you
0: refer to him, Greg Lee the boy.
1: Greg Lee the uh, Greg Lee the boy. Boy,
3: the boy. The boy the boy Lee. Good old Greg boy. Lee. song um, hero, honestly. It's hurting Ong the Lee. his chances of getting that statue by the end of the season. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. We have yeah. to yeah. call him Greg the Leg now. Like yeah. like
2: the uh, like the uh, kicker in the NFL, Greg the Leg. Greg boys. the broken leg.
0: Greg Lee the boy Greg Lee good old boy Greg Lee stewie how much of a a blow is is he and let's let's also throw into the mix Cameron Burgess as well who's um had a surgery on a on on multiple facial fractures which looked like something out of a horror film god knows how he's going to get through airport security now with all those those screws in his face um and he clearly had been had been playing ahead of edmonton so these are these are two big losses you know on top of Shawnee aluko as well you already discussed
3: if they are screws, when we're looking at that scan, and they look like screws, I assume that's how you you fix the bones back together. I counted thirty four in there.
0: That's wow.
3: horrendous. That looked like a. The doctor's going to give his prognosis now because we all know I'm a a qualified doctor, <laughs> so I'm able to do that. Um, his face was absolutely smashed to bits. That would be that would be my feedback uh, as a doctor, qualified doctor. Um, eye socket i think was gone in a couple of places his whole cheek was just in bits Mm. um and he got up from that spat a bit of blood out on the floor i thought for a split second he looked like yeah give us five minutes i'll see if i can run it off he walked off the pitch as eyewitnesses have said he got changed and then got you know drove got driven to to a and e you know certainly didn't go off in an ambulance or anything like that um absolute nails that isn't it um but yeah, he was he was a big miss at Sheffield Wednesday. That was exactly the sort of game that they needed him for, and um, it's a blow because he was he's not certainly not someone at the start of the season we'd been talking about being a, a key player and nailed on starter. But he certainly played himself in, into that position. Um, it's a shame. Big, sh-
2: big shout out to the people I saw on on social media who asked where his nose had gone from the from the <laughs> from the from the from the, the, the X rays.
0: <laughs> Amazing! <laughs>
2: that 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 was great.
0: Yeah. God, his nose has come off as well, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but Hutchie, let me ask you then. Aluko, down for months. Burgess, knackered face. Smashed, according to the doctor. Greg Lee, compression fracture of leg. All out for a long period of time, you'd imagine. Um, we're looking at the squad. We've been l- bigging up the squad, how deep it is, how how rich in talent it is. Three 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 important players down now, though. Yeah. Yeah, this is what we talked about earlier. I think that the,
2: the the strength is is weakened by them not being there. These these games are not about starting 11s. They're 16 man matches now for for Ipswich and most most teams in the league. And um, each each of those three players, I, I would I would describe as specialists. They've they've kind of turned into specialists, and um, they're not they're not there. They're not options. Um, you haven't got the big the big center half that you can put in to deal with the air raid games you haven't got the mm-hmm. the beefed up left back who can do a bit of everything but will help you out in the air in those matches and bring some strength um and you haven't got the guile the uh the foot on the ball the the um, the, the calming presence is it, it's kind of specialists being removed from the from the weaponry and um it just makes that it makes the the whole thing that bit that bit weaker doesn't mm. it it, it may be taking away some of the town's advantages in terms mm. of squad strength and depth
3: what's all the more frustrating is that they're kind of injuries that you can't legislate for mm. are they you know it's not like you can go oh they've got hamstrings pinging left right and center and all that they probably put in all this work into the sports science but you you know you can't account for someone um you know for these injuries that have, have happened but um yeah Steelworks, which have got the squad to, to be able to cope with it it's uh, you know they should should be able to ride it but it's
0: just yeah it's just weak in their options as as Andy said mm. right then uh rosco this is this is your time to shine because now I want to talk about fifa ratings um something for the the younger listeners to the show fifa 23 ratings were out last week i was very excited um rosco you took me through them there's a video you can go and watch but let's just have a quick chat about it as well if people haven't seen that yet Um, when's the game out first of all is it out now uh friday this
1: friday
0: Friday. is the 30th friday yeah 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 um wes burns is the top rated player there's been scandalous drops for the likes of morsey and walton and rakeem the dream harper has been dropped by four points which is a a national outrage um what, what did you make of the ratings um i think some of them are deserving because
1: we're League One and I think FIFA probably don't care about League One football really so rating-wise they go yeah because Christian walton has gone down because last season he was 71 because he was a Premier League player at mm. Brighton but he's now dropped to League One um, but he's still got a good card but yeah Wes Burns obviously is the most high, highly rated player on the game because he was our best player last year um, you know I said before Sonny he has got a solid car Shawnee sorry Shawnee I keep saying Sonny, sorry Shawnee um, overall, I think town fans will enjoy playing as it's just town this season. Got some really good standout players. Um, a few players have got cards for the first time. You know, Baggett. Um, he's online at Gillingham, but he's on the game for the first time. And uh, Cameron Humphreys. He's got. He's the worst player on the game for town currently. He's 51. And uh, Nick Hayes, as I said before, like that's a dream of everyone, isn't it? To be on a video game and a third choice goalkeeper. He's on the game. He can play as himself. He probably isn't really good on the game, but you can play it yourself, which is great. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of players. I think a lot of fans will enjoy, as I said, Wes Burns is the, the fastest and the most highly rated. So there we go. The
3: There's... Denaissance continues, by the way. Um, one, one of only <laughs> a handful of players to have seen their, their rating go up, I notice.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Taking notice. Excellent. Uh, the last FIFA game I bought was FIFA 12, boys. So that kind of dates me. Do you still do you still play, Hutchie? Stewie? I no. don't
2: have a I don't have a games console. Sadly, it's not for me. The last time I played FIFA was in the car park of St Andrews um, football ground, but with Stew, and it was poor.
3: <laughs> it What's... might have ended nil-nil because nil, we were still working out the controls. Mm. Um, I I still play PS4 from time to time. I haven't played FIFA for a little while because I I got out of the habit of buying them because it just felt like exactly the same game mm. every year, pretty much.
0: We know that the gaming chair is long gone though, Stu. It has. That's a shame. Could, couldn't justify that. Right then, friends. Um, there's one final thing we need to touch on this week and that is an idea that came from the beautiful mind of Andy Hutch Hogan-Warren uh, on last week's show, which was the idea of when town do inevitably win the pizza trophy at Wembley, beating Sheffield Wednesday in the final, you heard it here first, we reckon there should be a, a new European competition which would take town all over Europe playing sides who have done well in the other minor cup slash trophy competitions. Now, Andy, you sent me a, a WhatsApp for all of us, a WhatsApp, uh, after the show last week, saying you've gone way too deep into the idea. Um, and we are we are going to do this on Thursday show. We're going to fully unveil it, but by way of a teaser to get people wet the whistle for people. Um, what's 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 the latest on that?
2: It's being workshopped at the moment, but I have a beginnings of a well more than the beginnings of a proposal for a fifty six team tournament, uh, which would bring a, a representative from all all U, UEFA countries. Wow. Uh, to the table for this some of them are going to uh, full disclosure some of them are going to come through d- proper the top level domestic cup like san marino um ones that don't bring with it their own european um european but this is this is for the for the marginalized for those on the edges on the fringes for those that aren't welcomed by the the fat cats of uefa and suit the super league crew the ones that don't get the representation they deserve the winners of the rock cup in gibraltar are in oh, wow wow um another other such tournament so I've, i'm just working through the uefa coefficients at the moment to work to try and make it as evenly matched as possible but there's um yeah I'm, I'm i'm working on it there are a few similar tournaments across europe who, who will provide a, a team but quite a lot of them are coming from domestic leagues and other kind of things but it's it's going to be good
3: At one stage on the journey down to plymouth we were both doing some work um and i turned to andy and i said what w- what are you working on mate and he said oh, i'm just uh, just designing a logo for the new european competition we were discussing <laughs> <laughs> he had photoshop out he was yeah he's gone full on on this i can't wait to see it's there it is is that oh.
0: what it's called Is it the Milka Cup, Hutchie? That's big
2: news. There's a sponsorship bid has come in from Eurochock company, Milka, who uh, everybody... This is just the first draft of this logo. There's more of it to come, but I thought I'd show you where I'm at. Um, Milka, very keen on it. Obviously, they love selling their chocolate in duty-free places in airports. Um, Very, very Euro-heavy on that. Um, They are very keen to be involved. So um, the Milka Cup could be could be coming to you. Um but I'll present to you a full proposal on on Thursday with with teams if you're interested in that. If you want the teams that I'm putting forward um to compete. We could do it this year if you want. Could pretend that Ipswich have already won it.
0: Up to you. I very much want that. I want I, I want a few things more actually now I think about it. Um it's the Milka Cup then. We can we can start really discussing it in earnest on Thursday. Can we get Husky Chocolate on board as well? I mean, I would love
2: Hosky. They need to start selling their product outside of Scandinavia. All Milker aren't really
3: interested. This is to try and sniff out <laughs> sniff out some some real top end sponsors. In, that... in my mind, it would be sponsored by like a vape company or something like that. I'm surprised that's that's not happened yet. It is might. that even
0: allowed? I don't know ethically whether that's no, allowed. Possibly these days. not. Um, hmm. I look forward to this anyway, friends. On Thursday, Hutchie, your kit of the day is Sampdoria. Yes or no? Uh, yes. Excellent.
2: No further um, guesses needed. Do we need to quickly, um, quickly square off the rest of million pound picks? We
0: quickly. do indeed, and I'm glad you reminded me.
2: Um, it was 25 grand on the whiff at 33 to one, which, which returned 825. But this, but the sad news was I had bet half a half a million pounds on Town to win the game, and a further 75 on Morsi to score and leaf davis to either score or assist said that they didn't come in but um the whiff the whiff has landed and it takes the pot to 2.9 uh million pounds
0: so you actually came out on top even though the other bets didn't come in yeah
2: yeah actually yeah there is a there is a profit
0: from from you i'm afraid superb heath bookmakers is going to have to consider closing his doors at this rate he's going to have to get much much harsher with the odds going forward starting on Saturday boys anything else to mention um tv wise I said that I had never watched Lord of the Rings or indeed Harry Potter a few thoughts came at me after that um particularly Ben Bindle who says I would have thought an hour-long battle scene would be right up your street referring to Lord of the Rings so I am now going to have to watch Lord of the Rings because that does sound right up my strata which one's that in boys do we know or is it just in are they in everyone I think that's in the last one isn't it the whatever the last one is I need to get involved in that. I read the books when I was a kid and I was, I was I'd was i say fairly underwhelmed, but if there's an hour long battle scene in any film, I'm, I'm going to get involved. Have any of you watched the new Dharma series on, on Netflix, the, the, um, the, the serialization of Jeffrey Dharma, horrendous serial killer it is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. That the first episode in particular is so stressful. Um, and if you've watched it, you know exactly what I mean. Um, it also, I think, adding to the horror of it, it looks a little bit like what would happen if Napoleon Dynamite went right the other way and went <laughs> off the rails because he <laughs> looks a lot like Napoleon Dynamite, like kind of evil twin brother. Um, so, but I would recommend it. It is unbelievable TV. Uh, and boys, are we Strictly fans on this show? Do you want Strictly? Not, yeah, yes, yeah, big, big in our house. Strictly means that Christmas is just around the corner in our house. Uh, like the Bake Off, you can settle into it like a comfy pair of slippers. Um, who are you liking so far, Stewart, Strictly?
3: Uh obviously I didn't get to see it on Saturday, Saturday. night. I think we mm. were travelling and out eating, but um I have seen that Tony Adams pulled oh out God. the uh the clip of him doing what was he manager of in
0: Spain? I can't remember who
3: Granada. Granada. I'm pleased that he incorporated that into his dance. That 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 makes me happy.
0: Early indications are that Tony Adams will not be around long, boys. Having from the, from his first dance, he was I would say one of the worst I've ever seen on Strictly kind of stomping around the dance floor. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I very much enjoyed Will Mellor's first, uh, first dance. So Roscoe, obviously you're, I would assume you're way too young to be watching Strictly. You're probably too, too busy listening to drill music on a Saturday <laughs> night, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> not just that. No, uh,
1: no, not, not, not for me. Not, that's not a Saturday viewing thing for me, but um, yeah, you see clips, don't you? And yeah, Tony Adams what
3: man (laughs) i love your sweeping generalization of of the youth mark (laughs) it's like yeah all young people will be sitting at home watching youtube and (laughs) absolutely
2: listen i'm in touch i'm in touch with the youth (laughs) (laughs) i've got some other business go if you're interested something just popped up popped up on on our website actually that i wasn't i wasn't aware of can i read you the headline uh yeah Town fan thanks owners by getting club's unofficial motto tattooed on chest.
3: What,
2: running towards adversity. He... Wow. Yep. T- Tim Brown from Whittam has now got the words running towards adversity tattooed on his chest to show his, to show his love for Ipswich Town and the club's
0: owners. Wow. Uh, first reactions to that, boys. Would, uh, have you... There's no one among us who's got any tattoos, are there? I'm not allowed. The wife is very firmly three-line whipped that I'm not allowed one. I was going to get one, and she she shut it down. What were you going to get? I was going to get um, – I had it designed and everything. I was going to get it done. And then when I mentioned it to her, she said, you are not having that done. If you get that done, I will not be seen with you in public. So I was going to get um, – on my right arm, I was going to get the full kind of top half of the arm uh, with a Muhammad Ali image, who is my all-time hero. And there's a very famous picture. I have it on my desk, in fact, of him standing over Sonny Liston in the second fight where he's imploring him to get up after he's dropped him with the the famous anchor punch. Um, And I I had it all designed up. It was going to fill my entire kind of top half of my right arm. Wife was not a fan. So, uh, like Ronaldo, my body shall remain um, untouched by the tattooist needle. Um, Ross strikes me as a man who might have,
3: have had a tattoo in
0: on a on a cheek on a bum yeah, cheek on on Malaga
3: in <laughs> on a lad's holiday and regrets it still to this day please no
2: sorry through.
1: no regrettably no i had there's been ch- there's been chances there've been many chances but luckily I was just about sober enough not to have it done I, I I've been in a tattoo chair on Nagaloof a few times and luckily
0: <laughs> you've been in the chair about yeah, I've been in the get, chair about, about to get get it.
1: It. and then I don't know, it just something in me just went, No, actually
0: Oh, mate, that's a shame. Yeah. What we get what we gonna get, can you remember?
1: I think just something rude, I think just sound <laughs> stupid. Um, um but sound then, also, like I, then also I think I also just went, Oh, can you just do me a love heart with mum? You know, standard. I, <laughs> oh, I, just, I felt, you know, but I but just yeah. Um. Yeah, one of my mates still rips me about that. I went, oh, you could you could have had it, mate. You could have had a tattoo because he's he's into full of tattoos. I think one day though, I think I will get some tattoos. I'm just I want it needs to be the right tattoo and the right tattoo artist.
0: But um, watch this space. I'm so pleased. When I was younger, obviously I played a lot of basketball, and I was playing basketball in a year when tattoos became a real thing in the sport. Alan Iverson et cetera brought them in, and at the age of 18, I was I again I wanted to get a tattoo of a basketball with my basketball number on it. Um, and I'm so pleased that I didn't, because I think I may regret that now.
2: <laughs> what number What number were you?
0: My number was four. Number four. All the way, all the way through um, my illustrious career.
2: Ross, if you don't pass your driving theory test by the end of the year, you need to get an L-plate tattoo. On <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
0: amazing. What's the latest yeah. on that, Rossy?
1: I've got one this Thursday, so... Theory? Yes.
0: This is the, this is the one, isn't it? Ladapo scored a goal in the league. So. Rossi Rossi is now going to pass his theory test. Do a bit of research, mate, beforehand. Can
2: I put some money <laughs> from the million-pound picks pro- pot yeah. on this? Oh yes. What what odds would you what odds would you give me? So
0: just simply to
2: pass Rossi to pass. Yeah,
0: yeah. Given how many times have you failed now, Ross? Seven. Seven times. Hmm. So you what is that? So you you're getting up towards two hundred quid. You've just spaffed off a wall on on failing theory tests i have
1: technically passed it once but because um
0: you know obviously expiring code bloody covid um yeah. i'll give you how confident are you ross how close have you been
1: getting do F- you have to get 43 so i've been i've got 41 42 once so i got 40 got 39 last time out so 39 so i'm going a bit down but yeah, actually getting worse it. No, no, I just, that, that day I just didn't feel, I just not I just didn't feel up for it, I just went, I walked in. Like, like
2: town on Sunday, just an off day.
1: Yeah. Just one,
0: right, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you Hutchie, on Ross passing his driving test, <laughs> I'm going to give you 50 to 1. 50? Absolutely. <laughs> on the theory? 50 to 1, on the theory. Rossi, no pressure at all, but if you, if you pass this, Hutchie is seriously in the money.
2: What are the odds to fail? I, I do need to, I need to know that before... What, what you want to bet on him
0: failing as well? But
2: I, I want to make my decision. What what's the what's more likely to happen in the bookmaker's mind? Well, clearly failing. I'll
0: give you evens on him failing. <laughs> that's still good. That's a good price still. <laughs> to be fair, um, that is generous, isn't it? Maybe I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go, uh, I'll go one to. Um, I'll give you one to three on him. Failing. I'm not
2: betting on him to fail. That's no. That's a. That's what I'm <laughs> going to put. How much we got here? You got two hundred. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not trusting him that much. Three hundred thousand, three hundred and two thousand pounds just to square off the pot. Three hundred and two grand on roster pass. Where's
3: the two wow. grand come from?
2: It's just just winnings and the way that the way things have been won. Okay. You can have that if you want.
3: Around. Do you want it?
0: No, no um, one wants that.
3: Fine. That's no, no, fine. No, Don't worry. <laughs> I won't take your fictional two grand. Thank you.
0: So, so Rossi, not only have you got your future mobility uh, and uh, more cash of your own riding on Thursday's tech, what time is it, Thursday? Just so we can remind you 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Thursday. You now have 300,000 pounds of Andy Warren's fictional money. Um, and my, quite frankly, adversarial odds.
2: You know, um, you know what that wins, right? A lot. That's 15 million pounds. Oh. Does, that, it, it, does that just make this whole thing a complete mockery if that happens?
0: It's got to happen first. It's got to happen. And it, it, we're sticking with it, whatever happens, actually, So, tell you,
2: tell you what, if it wins, I'll put I'll, all of the winnings will then go on the Portsmouth game, one way or another.
0: The 15 mil.
2: Yeah, we'll put all the 15 mil on that. This is getting farcical. No, no I, absolutely not. It's fun. It's
0: what we're all about. So, Rossi. Pass the test. When do you find out? Would you go straight away after you've done it?
2: Yeah,
1: pretty much. You walk out and you have to sit down in your chair, get your stuff in the locker, and uh, they just shout your name out when you come across. They give it to you. They, they fold it. I don't know if they... I think they, they must look at it quickly. And uh, you always look in their face, oh, have you passed? And, of course, I, I don't actually open it until I walk out the door and I open it up and I'm like, oh,
3: God. <laughs> <That> <laughs> again. <laughs> It's wow yeah. my guy just goes see you next week
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll be 26 yeah. pounds please <laughs> yeah. you're funding yeah. people's holidays at that place rossi yeah. um yep. superb there's a lot riding on thursday then um it's probably actually bigger I come say, on than, than town v portsmouth on saturday friends any other business before we go we've managed to make it up to a, a good hour of listening today no other, no, business. Other business. no other business no other business right then all that reminds that leads me to remind you then is to support our sponsor Manscape user code coe at manscape.com for 20 and off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber including their new if you're feeling brave crop shaver which is actually a wet shave for areas of your body which some people may not be brave enough to touch with a razor um you can get that there and free delivery uh, and also follow us across all our social media kings of anglia on youtube instagram twitter and facebook and friends as i mentioned at the start of the show we have been nominated again for best efl podcast in the football content awards and roscoe is up for best creator in women's football so please if you haven't already vote for us you can vote for us on twitter if you go to our twitter you can see the wording you need to to tweet um you can also vote for us online on their voting page again if you go to twitter or facebook the link is there and we'll share it again and you can also vote on instagram so if you do enjoy the show why not vote all three ways and give us three votes for you because we'd love it frankly friends we're not going to mess around beat around the bush we'd love it if we win that this year it'd be tremendous in manchester in november so if you can help us with that that would be tremendous friends if your town have lost for the first time this season that means that saturday's game against portsmouth takes on whole new levels of importance maybe overshadowed only by roscoe's latest driving theory test on thursday have a great start to the week and we'll be back later in the week to build up to the big Pompey game. Have a good one.